Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today, I am excited to have Nate Palmer with us. Nate is highly passionate about helping humans perform at a higher level. He also happens to be a dad, husband, and the number one best-selling author of Passport Fitness and the Million Dollar Body Method. Nate helps business owners and entrepreneurs improve their physique, finances, and family time using fitness and nutrition as force multipliers. He is a coach, speaker, and writer whose work has been popularized in media outlets such as the Huffington Post, Testosterone Nation, Ask Men, Breaking Muscles, Stack Media and Thrive Global. Welcome, Nate. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you uh, that intro. Yeah, for sure. So uh, let's jump into talking about nutrition. So tell us kind of the difference between building a nutrition framework versus doing a diet. Yeah, good question. So basically, what what like kind of the way I like to approach nutrition for my clients and the people that I've worked with in the past is. Um, trying to help them build a lifestyle rather than rather than like going on a diet. And I know that sounds like really just kind of trite and something that we all like want to do because, but it really came from, um, I was working at a, a gym for a while in Seattle that was amazing. had this like cutting edge medical weight loss program. And their, like their big thing was that like most diets, um, like people will revert, like 90% of the time people will revert back to these habits, regain the weight they lost. And in this particular weight loss program, they had a 50% success rate, which doesn't really sound that good, but it's so much different from the industry average. So, like, just kind of what I've seen over the last decade of working with clients is that anyone can lose weight, right? We, you know, you force feed yourself, like, tofu and broccoli and run stairs every single morning for an hour, and you're going to lose some weight. But at the end of the day, are you going to be able to maintain that? So, like, and, and if not, does it the weight loss even matter? Or is it just kind of like a... A vanity metric. So, I like to help people try to understand the um, like kind of the intersection of fitness and nutrition, and then the other things that are actually important to them, right? Like, what what does it do for their family? What does it do for your finances? Right. How do we connect it to things that really matter to you, so that at the end of the day, you are continuing to maintain a lifestyle? Right. So it's a motivation thing, basically. Yeah, and. And like that's kind of like that's kind of where it started. And then you know, going going back to your question about the framework, it's like how do we now take take those ideas, which I mean sound really good on paper, and then turn it into something that you can easily sustain and that is not overly complicated and doesn't involve you peeing on a strip to measure your ketones. <laughs> right, absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about uh, targeting visceral fat. Why do you feel like it's so important to start there with a new nutrition framework? Yeah, so I think that visceral fat is one of the like the, the leading um, health issues of our time right now. And I think that there, it's for several reasons. I mean, if you ask like most men and women and they like, ask them where they want to lose weight, they're always going to point to their, their belly or their love handles. And, you know, like from an aesthetic point of view, okay, I can definitely see why, why that would be something that's important to people. But from a, like a bio, biochemistry point of view and just like how the human body functions, that visceral fat is kind of your body's second level of defense against organ fat. So you gain fat like, for, like first, you kind of you ground the skin around your stomach, you're like, oh, like I've got a little weight to lose. 
use. And I've got subcutaneous fat. So that's the fat that's right under the skin. Really no big deal. Like, like depending on where you're at with like what you want, what your body look like. The next thing is visceral fat. And visceral fat is what happens underneath the skin and the muscles and starts like coming around your organs. And that type of fat can actually produce these really negative molecules called cytokines, which cause inflammation, which can like cause you to be like less focused. A lot of people will talk to me about getting that kind of that midday slump and getting that brain fog. And a lot of that is is just because we have unhealthy levels of cytokines in our body. So you just want to, from a performance perspective, from an aesthetics perspective, I think we need to start there. And then if you look like one level deeper, a lot of times people who are dealing with large amounts of visceral fat have metabolic syndrome or what's called insulin resistance. Yep. So their bodies are not even using the like the food that you're giving it. So you can be giving it like healthiest food in the world, but your body's still going to be partitioning those nutrients into fat rather than putting them back into muscle or using them for using it for fuel. So until we get a handle on these sorts of things, it can be very uh, frustrating for a lot of people who are, feel like they're constantly on a cycle of like diet. Stop dieting. Like diet, lose weight, stop dieting, gain weight, you know? So until we address the root cause, get people back to being what's called insulin sensitive so that their body can actually use the food that they're giving it in the right way, um, it's just, it, like, it's very difficult to get, get long-term results without dealing with those um, underlying issues. Sure, absolutely. So uh, tell us a little bit more about, so insulin resistance, there's a lot of factors to that with respect to metabolic syndrome and stuff, but why is that such a bad thing that you specifically want to target? Yeah, great question. And that's, I think that, like, number one, it's, it lays the foundation. So if you, if you're not targeting that, if you are just kind of like fighting your body and communicating to it, like, okay, we need to, we need to burn fat at like, and lose weight at all costs, and you never really address the underlying metabolic syndrome, the weight's going to come back. Secondly, I think that um, it's going to allow you getting out of that metabolic syndrome, getting more insulin sensitive is going to allow you to, um, lose weight more easily, which is, you know, what everyone wants, you know, to have that, to have those, have those good results without feeling like you're always constantly banging your head against a wall. And then third, I think it's going to allow you to live your life, right? You know, because most, for most of us, like, we don't love being in the gym. We don't love, like, meal prepping and some of these other things that, that, like, trainers seem to uh, really enjoy. <laughs> uh-huh. So, so if you, like, if you can't, if you can't go out and, you know, have a beer with your friends or, like, you know, go to a restaurant with your family and do these things and you constantly have this, this track playing in the back of your mind about, like, oh, gotta, gotta watch what I eat, gotta be, gotta be sure I'm, I'm eating, like, like, too, like, not, not enough calories and can't have that and can't have this, you create this, like, really negative thought process and relationship with food, so... Again, it's all about like getting back to doing the things that you love. That's why I talk about using fitness and nutrition as force multipliers. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're cool for their own sake, but if we can attach it to actually something that's important to you, then it's going to become a lifestyle, and rather than just like a diet that you slog through before you give up and have a bagel. Decide you're finally going to be over it, right? So, right. Uh, so you you also talk about this idea that calories are not just calories; they're communication. Can you expound on that idea a little bit? Yeah, and I think this is kind of like like this is kind of that like that line between like nutrition and biohacking for, for lack of a better word. But like everything that you put in your body is is communicating something to it. Okay, and we can go real like real metaphysical with this if you wanted to talk about how like even the media you're absorbing and what you're reading and the music you're listening to all all really matter. But like just from my food perspective, 
Um, calories signal to your body to do specific things. Mm -hmm. So when you ingest protein, you know, from egg, from chicken, from something like that, well, what you're going to do, you're telling your body is, hey, let's repair and rebuild. So you're going to be, like, if you do a hard workout, that protein is going to help you rebuild your muscles. Um, protein also breaks down into enzymes, which help with a ton of different cool body functions, which are really essential. Um, if, you're, if you ingest, like, some fat, what what you're telling your body is we need to, we need some of this for low impact activities. So walking, reading, studying, things that are not going to take us like are not going to make us sweat. And if you're ingesting carbohydrates, you're telling your body, hey, we're about to do some high impact activities. We need to recover from something that, like high impact. So something where you've been out training for a, a run or a marathon or, or you've been in the gym doing things like that. So when you when you eat something, just realizing and understanding like the effect that it can have on your body, right? I, I always like, like equate this to just like the awareness. Like, you know, you know, Lauren, have you ever, have you ever had an experience where you were like listening to a song and you always thought it was one way and then you like actually read the lyrics and you thought and you realized it was another way? Uh -huh. For me, that, that's like, uh, I think it's like Destiny's Child where it's like, don't go, Jason, waterfalls. And I was like, Jason, yeah, you better stick around. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not just chasing waterfalls. Don't go right. chasing waterfalls. And now I can never, I can never hear it the other way again because now I have the awareness right. of what those actual, what the actual words are. Right. So similar to that, like I want to bring awareness to what, is, like what is a calorie? What are carbohydrates doing? What is fat doing? Because once you learn it, it's very difficult to go back to unlearn that or and start thinking the opposite way. So it sounds like what you're saying is that it, depending on what your goals are, your macronutrient ratios are going to look differently. Is that what you're meaning specifically? Yeah, definitely. And and also like yeah, because like if someone if someone's goal is to is to like gain some weight, and they but they're on a really low carb diet, they're never signaling to their body, hey, it's time to like it's time to rebuild and refuel after our workouts. Mm -hmm. So just making sure that your goals and your intake match up. Because I feel like so often we see people who always have a specific goal, but they train in a way that's not conducive to their goals. And then they eat in a way that's not conducive to their training or their goals. And they wonder why they're not getting results and wonder why they're so frustrated. Gotcha. Okay, so then um, walk us through a little bit of what the differences would be between a protocol a diet and a, and a weight training protocol or an exercise protocol for building muscle versus losing fat. I'm sorry, did you say a nutrition or exercise protocol? Kind of a little weight? bit of both, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of questions lumped into one on that one. Okay, cool. So so kind of from a nutritional perspective, you're trying to gain muscle. You need to give your body a, like a reason to do so. So number one, you need to start with training. You need to break down, like you need to break down the muscle tissue you want to build up. And one of the best ways to do that is, is through a, a technique called progressive overload, which is just a fancy way of saying get stronger over time. Do a little bit better every single time you go to the gym. So a lot of people think that a workout should make them sweaty, should make them tired, should make them sore. But that's not really the case. If you want to build muscle or even maintain muscle in a fat loss, like a fat loss regime, you want to make sure that you are just working on getting a little bit better, getting a little bit stronger in key exercises every single time you go to the gym or, or lift weights. So I always like to pick like you know one one upper body pull movement, one upper body push movement, one leg movement, and then work on those for until you plateau and then switch them up. And I think that's one of that's like in a nutshell, it's one of the easiest ways to see progress over time. Yeah. Just pick one, and then the other like the rest of your workout can be devoted to like you know feeling good, getting a little bit of pump, just moving moving around a little bit. But I think that if you just pick those that one exercise and get stronger over time, 
that is a like a t totally underrated, extremely simple way of, of thinking about gaining muscle. Um, and in a fat loss protocol, I think that that's got to be the same too. You want to still make sure that like muscle is expensive for your body. It doesn't, it doesn't just like, you know, all people say, like, oh, I don't want to lift weights to get too big. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to get too big for like a decade. It's been really hard. <laughs> right. So yeah, muscles, muscles are expensive for your body. You're, like, you need to like do specific things to grow muscle. So you want like letting go of muscle and like a, when you're trying to lose weight is not conducive to your metabolism, not conducive to your goals. You're not going to, you want to look toned, not just like a, smaller version of your former self so making sure that you're like even in a fat loss phase you still are doing two to four days per week of some resistance training to maintain muscle and from a yeah. go ahead sorry i was going to say so for, from a diet standpoint so what would you do in each of those different scenarios for from a macronutrient standpoint yeah good question and, and again Penny, you, you, you said it earlier it depends it depends on your goals and it depends on your lifestyle so if someone is if someone is a construction worker and they're outside all day and they're working they're working physically for ten hours a day, um, their their like nutrition protocol for weight loss is going to be way different from those of us who are sitting at a desk or at a computer for eight ten hours a day. So most of my clients are kind of that are kind of the latter. They're they're entrepreneurs, they're business owners, they're at a computer all the time, they're sitting down, they don't get a ton of movement. So in that case, I would I'll always encourage people to match your nutrition to your outputs. How much, how much are you moving? How much are you like, walking around? How much activity are you getting on a daily basis? Because on days when you're not getting a ton of activity, you're not, you're not working out, you're not doing any cardio, and you're not really moving from work, you, need, you don't need that many calories to sustain yourself. And you probably don't need that many carbohydrates because like I said earlier, those are high impact fuels to help us either prepare for or recover from like, like big movements, big, big bouts of activity. Even so, but on days when you are moving around and you are doing your workouts, you still want to be able to recover from those. So on those days, I would structure yourself to have a little bit more carbohydrates, a little bit less fats. Proteins, I find, should stay about the same for most people most of the time. Um, and then you kind of build the carbohydrates and the fats to fit your, to fit your activity level. The, uh, the, the science says um, 0.88 grams of protein per pound of body weight is about optimal. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to round that up to the nearest school number, which is one. <laughs> so you just go with one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, like you're probably not getting that right now. Mm -hmm. And that's a good goal to start at least shooting for. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds good. So uh, what is your take on breakfast? Good question. So I've gone, I've gone back and forth all, on, on breakfast in my career, during my career. Like at first I was like, breakfast most important meal of the day. Don't skip it. You know, like they show that you know, most people who like you know suffer from obesity are skipping breakfast. So you gotta have it. And then I got really hard into the 16-8 intermittent fasting. I was like, breakfast? You don't eat that. What, right. what a joke. That's a that's a that's a scam from the big pop tart industry. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but now I'm kind of back to to like the, well, like I feel like once you once you hit about a decade, every answer is it depends, which is really annoying. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, but I do feel like for the, like the people that I've worked with over the past couple of years who are business owners, entrepreneurs, people who need focus and performance, um, not just physically, but mentally, I found that breakfast is, it can be optimal for achieving that. And we just want to structure it in a way that, that gives you the results you're looking for, gives you the, the outputs that you're looking for. So what are you communicating to your body with a breakfast of like pop tarts or waffles or even something like grabbing a banana out the door? Well, you're saying like, hey, we're gonna do some 
reduce activity, we need some carbohydrates. And if your body is A, insulin resistant, and B, you're not going to actually do any exercise in the morning, then most of that will get stored as fat regardless. So instead, we flip that and we'll do something that's higher protein and higher fat. Again, signaling to our body repair and build. And also, let's get prepped for some low impact activities. Let's get prepped for the, the work we're about to do. Let's get some more mental focus. Let's get that mental acuity going. So, and then also having a high protein, high fat breakfast can allow you to be satiated longer throughout the, throughout the morning and the afternoon. And I always feel like if you want to get more done, eat less. So if you can structure your, your day so you, you don't have to eat for like the, the bulk of the of your work hours and you don't feel like you're like starving or getting that like you know hangry sensations, then like that's that's a huge win. Because every time you, you eat some food or you digest any capacity, um, you're pulling blood from your brains and your appendages to your gut for digestion. So you can lose like up to 70% of your mental focus, you know, by going to the break room and you know grabbing half a donut or whatever. So uh, back to the intermittent fasting idea. So that's, of course, you know, trending as well. Um, what would you think in terms of someone who tried to do, say, like a bulletproof coffee in the morning instead of breakfast? Because that is the fat. Would you, are, are you on board with that? Do you not like that idea? Um, I'm on board with the idea. I, I really hate bulletproof coffee, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't understand how, how the idea of having 500 calories of butter in your coffee is now considered as healthy. And, and I can I can see why some people like it, you know I I, like I get the idea behind it, but if you're putting MCT oil, which is a fat, and you're putting butter in your coffee, like and you're like, oh, that was a nice healthy breakfast that didn't leave me that didn't leave me very satisfied. It's just another like confusing element to fitness. So um, if I'm if I'm like gonna be, I encourage people. I call it my I call it million dollar body coffee. Because you know, because I get to name stuff sure. you know, if I create it. But uh, I like I like coffee with a little bit of MCT oil in it, and then I like uh, instead of putting the butter in, I'll put a scoop of collagen peptides in there. Collagen is just basically another type of protein that's really uh, really easy to digest and absorb. It also doesn't leave your coffee like clumpy or anything like that. So MCT oil is great because it um, digests in the gallbladder, which some people have postulated that can actually kick off or trigger fat burning in your body. And then the collagen, again, is like is helping your body recover and rebuild. And then collagen also um, gives you a little bit more of a boost to your skin, hair, bones, nails, things like that, which uh, I think from, you know, as an aesthetic perspective, again, we're looking for, like, the healthy glow and things. Sure, absolutely. So, so uh, and you also state that uh, training should make you better, not skinnier. Definitely agree. But can you expound on that idea a little bit? Yeah, so kind of going back to what, uh, what I mentioned earlier about, about – improving performance because mm-hmm. I feel like like this is something that I hear from a lot of people and like you know I think a lot of women are the most guilty of this is is like again looking for that boot camp so those little beat downs like how hard can I push myself in my peloton how much cardio can I do how sweaty can I get um, because at the, like at the end of the day if all you did was a, like, just a bunch of like hardcore cardio you're not going to really increase much of your muscle tone you're not going to really increase much of your strength and it's not like those things are mandatory or like the end-all be-all but if if you just become like a smaller version of your former self i think you've missed a big opportunity because i I, what i really love is seeing humans and women in particular just get getting stronger seeing what their bodies are capable of it's like the most amazing thing in the world is like seeing a female who was like you know spending so much time on the treadmill with the elliptical hit their first set of three pull-ups and being like Look, like look what I did. Look how like look how strong I got. Right. 
And so, like, it not only not only does it like you know that builds muscle and improves your posture and all these other great things, but also the like the self self esteem and confidence you build from getting stronger and seeing progression and seeing what you're capable of on a daily basis. I don't think you put a price on that. I really don't think you can like like encapsulate how valuable that can be for you know the psyche of a human. Sure. Well, segueing into that, so you sort of alluded to mindset. Talk a little bit about how your mindset and changing your words might impact your ability to achieve these kinds of goals. Yeah, that's a great, great question. So um, I think that a lot of times our habits are a result of our, like, our self-talk and kind of our, our self-identity, right? So if you're like, oh, I... I'm always a person who blanks. I, I never get to this. And you, and you kind of put yourself in a box by saying these things about yourself and reinforcing things which are not necessarily true, but are things that you like have just noticed about yourself or continue like to 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 say. Um, then you can find yourself in a in a pattern where you're never you're never allowing yourself to grow in a way that you've never grown before, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, well, absolutely. Like, what we believe tends to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. So we'll end up getting more of what it is that we're believing about ourselves. And, you know. 100%. And I feel like, like a lot of people are like, well, it's just not true. I don't love exercise. And I'm like, well, it's not not true. You've probably liked some form of exercise in the past. And if it's, like, if each, if, if I hate exercise and I love exercise are equally, like, nebulous, uh-huh. which one is going to serve you? <laughs> right, exactly. Which, so, like, I think the, the thing is, like, you got to change your identity about certain behaviors. So, you go, like, like rather than, like, oh, I, I just can't help myself. I always I always have, like, sweet coffee or sugary coffee when I wake up. You go, no, I'm the kind of person who cares about my health. I'm the kind of person who drinks water in the morning. I'm the kind of person who goes, who likes going on walks. And you start start doing that. And you, when you start being really careful about the words you, you speak about yourself, and then kind of take that into the thoughts you're actually thinking about yourself and catch yourself in those moments where you're like, oh, I, I suck. I'm not good at this. I'm never, I've never been able to do a pull-up. I'm never, like, I've never been strong. And you go, nope, I'm actually getting stronger every time I hit the gym. I'm getting better. Like, you know, like, I, I work with a lot of, like, business owners and stuff who, who are like, oh, I'm, I'm not good at technology. And I'm like, that's just not true. You're better at technology than you were five years ago, and you'll continue to improve. So why not just say, that, why don't just reframe that thought as I improve every time I, I practice. I get better every time because I'm smart and capable. Like, equally true, one of them serves us at a high level and one of them tears us down. For sure, for sure. Yeah, words are seeds and you're planting them, so make sure you like your harvest. And <laughs> if you don't, change it. For sure. Yep. I love that. It's powerful. Very cool. So is there anything I have not asked you that you want to make sure that you leave with our audience? And you asked me a lot of questions really fast. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Yeah, um, no, I think that I think that you covered a lot of it. I just kind of want to like, if there's one thing that I could like impart, and one thing that I really want to make sure that people understand, is that coming up with a like a nutritional protocol, like every like everyone's on a diet, right, Dr. Lauren? Yep. Like whether you're whether you're like doing Whole Thirty or you're doing keto or you're just like you know crushing Cheetos from like this Seven Eleven, like you're on a diet, so. Uh-huh. Like, when we start to, like, like A, understand what the, what the food we are taking in does for us, how it makes us feel, by just being a little bit more aware of it and bring that awareness to those, to those like, 
So like, okay, you had a cinema in the morning. Well, how do you feel at 10 p.m.? How do you feel at 3 p.m. that day? Start like thinking about those sorts of things, and then start attaching a, a like kind of an, an outcome mm-hmm. to the way you want to eat that's that transcends weight loss or weight gain or just or just kind of like the way that we look. Mm-hmm. We can start to make this a a lifestyle and not just a flash in the pan diet. Which I just hate, like I just hate that kind of like that diet mentality, that yo-yo dieting, roller coastering. It just turns smart, capable people into like people with lower self-esteem, people who are a little bit sad. It just like it, it just detracts from every area of life. So if we can figure out how to turn turn this into a framework that you can just like plug and play different foods that you like, and make sure that you're like delaying gratification in the morning, having your carbohydrates a little later at night, like your life just improves so much when you don't necessarily have to like obsess over every little thing you're eating and keep thinking have that negative track running of like oh I need to lose 10 pounds I'm not eating you know that sort of thing which saps your energy drags you down doesn't allow you to show up for the people that, that, that you love and care about sure absolutely and you kind of alluded to this but uh, a lot of times I have noticed that when I have people do diet diaries and they write down not just what they eat but how they feel afterwards that can be really eye opening just right there that by itself can be a really big tool to, to make people aware of how their body is responding when they're putting something in their in, inside so yeah. yeah and like most a lot of people don't realize that like they've been walking around with a cold for the last five years ten years <laughs> right you know, like, so many people will tell me, like, they, they do, you know, they'll go through the Million Dollar Body program in the book, and they'll be like, oh, my gosh, I have energy now. I'm sleeping through the night. And I'm like, that's how you should be. That's not, like, that's not miraculous or new. Like, that's your baseline. And you just haven't been hitting your baseline. You've been underperforming for a decade. Right. And you don't know if that's your, if that's been normal to you. You don't remember what it feels like to be normal. Yeah. I 100% agree. Sure. So where can people go to find more about you? Um, one of the best places to, to, to go to, to hang out is uh, I have an amazing Facebook community called the Million Dollar Body Community. Okay. If you go to N, the number eight, trainingsystems.com slash group, that'll get you there. I'm also on you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, generally under uh, Nate Training, N, the number eight, training. Mm-hmm. I really thought I was super clever when I came up with that, Lauren, but uh, <laughs> uh, now I spend like 40% of my time being like, no, it's an eight, like seven, <laughs> like, no, it's like seven, eight. Right. So, <laughs> so I wish I had done it differently, but yeah, there, LinkedIn, you know, uh, you, you can uh, catch, catch me on email. I've been on email before. All right. Sounds good. So I will link in the show notes to your website and to your Facebook group. And, uh, thank you so very much, Nate, for your time and all of your great expertise. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, you're totally welcome. Uh, one last thing for your, your listeners, if they wanted to, if they want to jump into that, that group, just go to nhtrainingsystems.com slash group. And then just when you come to the group, there's a couple questions. Just say calendar. And what I'll do is I'll set up anyone who wants with a, like a, it's like my, it's a, it's a week-long calendar with my, I call them seven daily investments. Mm-hmm. So it outlines a little bit more structure about like how your breakfast should be, how your lunch should be. It just makes it really, really spelled out. And also, you know, you can grab the book on Amazon. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's like two bucks right now on ebook. The Million Dollar Body Method. Okay, I'm and I, I don't really hold anything back. That's just like straight up all the information you need to, to be really successful on your own. You don't have to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sounds good. So I will link to the, in the show notes to your book as well. All right. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. 
I want to take a moment to thank the sponsor of Christian Natural Health, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked offers at-home finger prick testing for thyroid testing, including TSH, free T3, and free T4. These are the tests that I routinely run for thyroid screening, as well as to make sure current thyroid treatment is correct. If you're not sure if thyroid is a problem, you might consider running these if you're struggling with fatigue, particularly if you have a hard time getting out of bed despite a good night's sleep. Constipation, dry skin, or hair loss is some of the most common symptoms of hypothyroidism. You can order tests for all three, no doctor's order required at trylgc.com slash cnh thyroid. You'll get a package containing lancets for your finger and a test tube for collection of a small amount of blood and a prepaid label to ship it back. Once you receive the results, if you have any questions, you can speak to a nurse practitioner on their team. Again, that link is trylgc.com slash cnh thyroid and enter coupon code cnh20 for 20% off your order. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you, so please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren Deville. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air, they're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.